Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hey guys, welcome back to the Improvement Minute Podcast. Phil and I are sitting down. We're going to hammer through another week for you guys. If you guys have been listening recently, then you guys know that we are only hitting specific days, going over some stuff that we think is important through the week. Um, So let's get you guys started here. We're going to begin with Tuesday. Um, We're starting some strength work on Tuesday that we want to dive in with you guys. Yeah, so we've done the Bulgarian split squats and the towel pull-ups. Monday, rather. Monday. Yeah, that's right. It is Monday. Uh, Remember, you can look down below to see all of the workouts for the week so you can find out uh, what everything is that you're going to be running into, and you can choose your training days accordingly if that's the way you roll. Uh, This stuff that we're going to talk about on Monday as well as on Thursday... Because both those days, we are going to be doing Bulgarian split squats and towel pull-ups again. Now, we've been doing this uh, for a couple weeks now. Really for, what did we do? We didn't do it last week, but the week before. Um, Mm -hmm. This will be our third week that we're going to go through a set like this. Yep. We are able to now increase the weight. We've got a good feel for the Bulgarian split squat, even though it's a difficult and tricky movement to, to use good position and keep control over. Um, but we've experienced enough of it now, I think, that a lot of people can start to add a little external load. And we're looking at a set of dumbbells in the hands, kind of farmer's carry style. So we'd like to see you try to implement a little bit more weight into this movement if you can keep good positions. Now, some people still need to just stick to working on the chest upright, letting the knee drive back towards the box and not, not getting tipped forward and looking at the ground. Uh, but a lot of people have gotten to the point where that's working quite well, so it's time to stress their movement patterns with a little bit of external load. Yeah, I think I like this one. Um, for you guys, when you guys are focusing on that Bulgarian split squat, make sure one of the biggest things is, we talked about it before, the couch stretch position. If you struggle with a Bulgarian split squat, um, you probably also struggle with the couch stretch. So spend a little bit of time before class. If you guys show up, uh, I mean, five minutes early, you guys could spend 90 seconds one leg, 90 seconds the other leg, and it might have huge impact for you guys when you guys get in that position. Uh, Just putting a teeny little bit of time earlier could dramatically change how well you guys can perform that split squat just because it is a very kind of compact and crunched in movement there. Um, And if your quad can't handle it, it's really difficult to get that position. Yeah, it's it's not just the quad either. It's also your hip flexors. And let's be real. Most people have a job that has them sitting most of the day, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens when you sit? Your hip flexors get really tight. worked. Yeah, they get really tight because they're always stuck in this position where they're short. And then you go to stand up and it puts you in an overextended lower back position. And it causes a heck of a lot of problems. So Mm -hmm. in general, we should all probably couch stretch more. And specifically for a Bulgarian split squat, couch stretching can open up the the hip positioning to allow you to do a much better job of controlling your mechanics. Absolutely, yeah. With those towel pull-ups, some people are going to begin to add weight. We're doing smaller sets this week. On Monday, we're going to be doing sets of six. On 
Thursday. Thursday, we're going to be doing sets of four. So maybe we could throw a plate in between the legs. I like that method better really than anything else as far as a weighted pull-up goes because it really encourages you to squeeze around your hollow. Kind of forces you to bring your legs together to hold the plate and that is exactly what we want to see in a hollow too, those legs pressed together. Yeah, I like that. We have some weight belts at Cadre. We've got some um, at CLE too, but... It does kind of change the pull-up because of the position that it, it puts you in as it kind of pulls down on your butt yeah. and low back to hold you. Um, I like that one, or I like the dumbbell between the feet also. That mm-hmm. kind of forces people to pinch them together and hold it. So, Yeah. So if you if you are a stronger athlete and it is time to add a little bit of help to it, then go ahead and do it. If you're not there yet and you're working with a little bit of band assistance, then force yourself to pull through a larger range of motion. And that doesn't mean poke your chin so that you get above the bar. We don't care about that. We care about you pulling longer and further to bring the towels down and into your body. So think about trying to make sure that you have a, a higher point at the top of your pool uh, because you've brought the towels into the body, not because you're poking the chin. But get that extra inch or so of range of motion that you haven't been able to get yet because now we're doing fewer reps and you have a little bit... Uh, you can you can push harder on each repetition because it's just not as many to eat up your energy. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, on to Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday's workout. Big bad chipper. We are going to be doing four time with a thirty minute time cap. It's going to be a one k row. Then we have twenty wall ball shots, twenty chest of our pull ups, one k ski, twenty twenty, one k bike. Or my bad, nope, nope, two k bike, and then twenty and twenty. Um, so the row ski and the bike are all equivalent as far as like distance and time go. Uh, if we're looking at time on the earth, they're pretty equivalent. Uh, and then we're going to be going through some wall ball shots and some chest to bar. But this is going to be a little bit different. Talk about the wall ball shot. Well, I was first going to talk about the machines uh, because it doesn't have to be in that exact order. Frankly, we don't have enough of each machine for everybody to start at the same place. So you might be starting on a bike and then moving down the list. Um, to the other machines, or you might be starting on the ski erg and then moving through. You're going to hit all three machines in the workout, uh, is the idea. But you might not hit them in the exact order that they're written on the board. Yeah, so be flexible with that. It's all it's all hard work, right? True. With the wall balls, because we're trying to make this a significantly difficult set of 20, um, and we don't have enough 30-pound balls to go around, so prescribing that becomes a little bit difficult. We are going to try to throw it higher. We're going to try to throw a 10-foot wall ball shots, our normal. Uh, today, or on Wednesday, rather, we're going to try to throw a, an 11-foot wall ball shot for guys. And thus, we're going to bump it up to a 10-foot wall ball shot for ladies. What does that do to you, throwing it that much higher? It just it takes a lot more out of your out of your bottom position driving up. Um, with the wall ball shot, my suggestion for you guys is don't end the wall ball shot. Um, don't end the wall ball shot just when you stand up. Okay, especially at 11 feet. What's going to help you guys is think about finishing that movement. Okay, finish with the arms going all the way up to the top. Uh, if you guys use the hips to pop a lot, and then you guys finish by throwing the arms up and you open your arms all the way up, you guys are gonna get much more out of this. And then what you can start to do is you can start to find more power through the hips. When the arms finish the movement, um, when the arms just kinda go through full range of motion, uh, what you end up doing is you end up allowing yourself to have a much more 
efficient wall ball shot because you're not overtaxing one area. You can use the arms and you can use the hips as well as this is going to be just a little bit higher of a shot, so it's just going to require um, more of a push than you're used to. We all got pretty comfortable with our wall ball shots, obviously, we do them a lot. Um, so it's just going to be a little bit more of a push than you're used to. And I think it's going to be a lot, I mean, I've done it before and it's a lot more taxing than I give it credit for. I think, okay, I'm going to give this set an unbroken set, it's only a foot higher. Um, and it ends up being a decent amount different, as well as, you might not think it, but the wall ball comes down with a good amount of speed compared to what you're used to. Um, it definitely hits differently. So make sure that you guys are prepared for that and you don't get the old face smack. Yeah, so I was <clears throat> I was uh, on a two-person team for a competition a couple weeks back, and we had 50, well, two sets of 50 wall ball shots going to an 11-foot target. Huh. And I hadn't practiced them at all. Hmm. Um, yeah, which was an interesting choice. But Lame. I have done a lot of 30-pound wall ball shots. So I figured I was pretty well prepared for it because I'm used to that heavier ball that does impact harder and then also cost a lot more to send to a 10-foot target. So you end up doing a larger, um, a larger. for me it's essentially a jump with my legs mm. uh, into the throw with my arms to get that 30-pounder up to 10-foot. It felt, uh, felt about the same to do a 20-pounder to a, an 11-foot target. I would say that it was slightly easier in uh in the fact that coming out of the squat i didn't i didn't feel as weighted it wasn't 30 pounds it was 20 pounds but i was still pretty much jumping to get it to go up there especially as i went through that big set of 50 um the last the last 20 reps i was i was really relying on my legs to to launch hmm. that ball because i was getting real worn out in my shoulders yeah I try my hardest to stay on the ground. Um, some people jump, and it works for them. I just find that when my feet are in contact with the ground, I can generate power. Yeah. The moment my feet aren't in contact with the ground, it's a closed circuit, and so no more power is entering the system. Um, and so I try to keep my feet on the ground. I try to use my hips as much as I can, and I try to finish by using my arms and letting them get all the way fully extended. I really think about like throwing them up, getting them extended before I come back down to catch. Well, I think it's, it's a lot like the jump that we call for when we're doing Olympic lifting. True. Where it's not really a jump. It's not about leaving the ground. It's about getting the object that you're applying force to to separate from the ground. So it's a it's a tricky little concept, but we're producing a jumping force and trying to have the least amount of separation from the floor as possible so that we can efficiently send that energy through the ball. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think it's going to be a good one. I think that paired with the chest of our pull-up, they're two very opposite movements. Yeah. Um, one's going to be a very, very powerful uh, throw or press, we'll call it. And then one is going to be um, that pull, and it's actually a little bit higher now, chest of bar. So mm -hmm. you guys are pulling a little bit deeper into this one. And yeah. I, would, I would even say for this one, um, for scaling, I am a fan of scaling and still getting the range of motion. Banded and, chest of bar pull-ups? Yeah. If you guys have never tried a banded chest of bar pull-up, it's just going to be... It's going to be a lot different than taking this and saying, you know what, I'm just going to do a normal pull-up. Well, it's just like I just talked about with those towel pull-ups. Yep. Where you need to focus on creating a pull that covers the full range of motion, not trying to poke anything because poking your chin up does not help your chest meet the bar. Only pulling the bar down helps your chest to meet the bar. Um, so I definitely agree with that. I like I like the... the uh, 
banded strict pull-up option. Also a good quality ring row yeah. where we're really pulling those rings all the way in to our chest, not trying to put them up on our shoulders or throat, but yeah. trying to put them, honestly, I tell people to put them below the nipple line. Yep. I'd say, uh, so they teach right below the pec. Yeah. Yep. Right at the bottom of the sports bra there. So pulling them down. Um, on Friday, Friday's going to be our last day we're going to highlight, and we are going to be going over the skill and the workout for you guys. Skill, we've been working on some handstand work in our skill, and we're going to continue that. We're going to do something that we haven't done before, I believe. Um, we are going to do five lateral side steps each way in a handstand wall climbed up. So we're going to wall climb up the wall, we're going to be walking five steps to the left, and then we're going to walk back five steps to the right. It's very similar to a box circle, I'd say, if I'm thinking about this one. And to scale, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to put you guys on a box. If we cannot wall climb up, we're going to put you guys on a box, get your hips over your shoulders, and then do that same five right, five left. Well, it's not It's not even so much about the wall climb up, is it? It's more about the, are you confident there, stepping yeah. sideways, because that's sure. going to be tough. Um, yeah, so for almost everybody, it's either going to be the box circle or the wall climb. Uh, at least up at CLE, I've got a couple people who are former collegiate gymnasts, Ooh. and they'll be doing this freestanding, and it's crazy to watch them do it, because the body position they hold is so well organized. <clears throat> they barely are looking at the floor, and their toes are stacked right over top of their wrists, and it's a nice straight line from their hands all the way up through their feet. and they're not they're not perfect they'll they'll make little mistakes and come down here and there but the fact of the matter is they can find that balance position keep everything tight together and then begin shuffling sideways i mean they do their shoulder taps freestanding as well and it's it's crazy it's crazy i i, I really wish i could do it because it shows how much integrating and using that hollow position uh has importance when we start Trying to walk on our hands. I can teach you it if you, you want. You yeah. cannot. I want to see you do it. Well, I could do it, but the viewers can't see what we're talking about, so they'd only be able to hear uh -huh. my success. Yeah, and that just wouldn't be as gratifying. You so know? the reality is, it's not really something we can teach. Mm -hmm. It's something that you have to practice, True. and you have to practice it enough that you create that connection to your movement that you have control. Right. The first time we take somebody and try to teach them to snatch. We're just going over the rudimentary movement patterns. We're not really expecting perfect timing, good squat depth, the exact uh, lockout position that we need. We're going over, we need to move the bar with our legs, we need to keep it close to our body, and we need to lock out overhead. Right? It's far more rudimentary. And then as we practice enough snatches, then we can dial in on exactly how close, exactly how fast to lock out, exactly how low to drop. The same thing goes with any type of gymnastic skill work, and especially with these handstand things. We have to get upside down more frequently and spend more time exposing ourselves to that uncomfortable position and those uncomfortable feelings of being upside down and controlling our movement in order to get better at it. You, you have to do it. You have to get upside down more if you want to be able to walk on your hands or hold a static handstand or do any of these things that we're playing around with. Yeah, I like it. Um, we're going to be following that up with 30 backward single unders. And so, for those of you that know the struggle and the difficulty of doing a single under, especially once you've learned doves, we're going to take it and we're going to make it backwards. And what I found with backward single unders is a lot of times people make the same exact errors that they make when they attempt to do double unders. Um, 
they'll shoot the arms out, they'll pike the knees up, they'll pull the knees up, or they'll send the feet back. And so this is going to be a good time for you guys to just practice learning control with the wrist. Yeah, the jump is very basic, yeah, and the hands are relaxed at the side, and there's no speed involved in this one really. So just learning how do I let my wrist do the movement, mm-hmm. um, and it applies in a great. Order. Yeah, it applies great to double unders. So this, I, I talk about this, and I think about it personally, just like I think about writing. Right, we all have a dominant side. So for me, it's my right hand. I can write my name without thinking, looking, anything. But if you give me a pen and tell me to write with my left hand. I'm going to have to think a lot, I'm going to have to look at it, and it's going to look like garbage when I'm done. It's not because the muscles aren't there, it's not because I can't write with my left hand, it's because I haven't built the movement pattern to understand how to move those muscles at the right time to get my name written on that piece of paper. True. It's the same thing with this backward single under. It's the exact same pattern in reverse order. And the reality is your brain just isn't tuned in to how to cycle that pattern. It's a very small pattern. It takes less than a second, and it's it's only covering, I don't know, a baseball size area as we twirl our wrist, right? It's, it's a pretty small, finite thing, and exposure to the pattern and practice on it is the only way that we're going to really start to understand it and be able to produce it uh, in a in a repeatable way. Right? Sure. It's, it's not that it's too hard, it's that we flat out do not have the brain-body connection to create that movement pattern reliably. But it's entirely creatable, it just takes time with a jump rope. Um, I personally have started doing more backward jump rope work. I, at one point in time, could not do double-unders. So then I made myself practice double-unders relentlessly until I got good at double-unders. Then I started working on triple-unders. And I practice those consistently enough that I'm not good at triple unders by any means, but I can I can produce reliably sets of 20 or more reps. Well, I cannot do that with a backward single under. And it's a far less difficult movement than the things that I'm getting somewhat good at. So I'm trying to step my way back and work on a simple thing that is proving quite difficult. I like that. I like that. I think... Uh... That's going to be a good day for you guys to just practice um, just some positioning work. We're looking for pretty much a hollow in both. Yeah. So button abs tight, especially on the wall walks. Same thing with the jump. Um, and I think that's going to be a good day to apply that position to two totally different movements. Uh, and we're going to follow it up with our workout. It's going to be a five-minute AMRAP, rest three minutes, and then repeat. And by repeat, we mean repeat the five-minute AMRAP, not repeat the same amount of work that you did like we saw this last week in reverse order yeah. and while rubbing your belly and yeah. touching your head because yeah. so it really felt like that when people were doing that so workout five minutes get as far as you can rest three begin at the beginning five minutes get as far as you can uh and it consists of three or three muscle ups and 14 pistol squats and for the muscle ups we got a pretty cool scale today it's going to be five strict pull-ups in the first amrap and then five dips in the second amrap good thing about this is if there are not enough rings switch do the dips in the first AMRAP, do the pull-ups in the second AMRAP. Um, it'll be a good way to get everybody on this, as well as it's a good way for you guys to do a scale that is not going to take too long. You guys can still get through, I mean, five pull-ups and five dips is definitely going to take longer than three muscle-ups. Well, five pull-ups alone it'll only will take, keep you on a pretty, pretty quick pace to it won't, mean, burn through rounds. It won't really be that much no, longer. No. So it, it's... If, if you're doing three muscle-ups unbroken, yeah, they're pretty quick. 
but a lot of people who are doing the muscle ups are going to be going two and one or even one 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 because they're just not that far along with their muscle up capacity yet. Um, same goes with the dips, right? We, we need to scale to a band or horns. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make it reasonable to get through those couple reps that we're asking. Um, it's it should be difficult to do your five reps, but you you honestly should be able to do your five reps unbroken. That's kind of the way the scale is meant to be. You're quickly going back and forth between your pull or push and then your pistols. Just like if it's you, John Michael, you're going to quickly knock out three muscle-ups and then go right back to your pistols. Mm. This is going to be one of those workouts where you get a lot of rounds in because you can turn over those two movements pretty efficiently. Yeah. And that's what I want to see out of everybody is a pretty quick small set that is difficult but beneficial on the gymnastics uh, pulling or pushing and then right into the pistols where the heart rate zings up pretty high and, and everything just kind of is terrible. Yeah, I mean, doing the math on it, it looks like I think people will be able to hold around under a minute um, pretty consistently. So when you look at the end of this one, you get a good amount of volume in. You end up getting, imagine you did that, you get uh, 30 muscle-ups in and over 100 pistols. Yeah, I think that's on the on the higher end. I think it's okay. going to slow down because that's you're talking about a pretty smooth pistol pace, and most people just don't have that that consistent drop and pop mm-hmm. that you need to roll those pistols up that quick. So I think you'll probably be right around a minute round, a little under a minute round. Um, but most people are going to be are going to be floating right on that minute or a little over it. Yeah, but we're only asking for ten minutes of work, so yeah, true. Get in there and just keep pushing. And then we're asking for three minutes of rest. Well. We're not asking for it. We're allowing it. You're welcome. We're demanding three minutes of rest. Good, we're, high quality rest. We're supplying. It's yeah. all. It's all on how you frame it. Yeah, whatever. That's lame. We're demanding hard work. We're supplying rest. That gave. That did not change anything. It did because you said we're demanding rest. It's, I mean, we are. No. Are we allowing athletes to not rest? No. It sounds like we're demanding it. <laughs> Oh man, killing um, the smalls. That might be it. I think that's our week. Uh, so yeah, we got a fun workout on Saturday. I believe was it teams of three. Yeah, actually, that's true. We won't go over the workout, but teams of three. That's a fun structure because you can always keep one person working um, while the other two also work. So everyone always works, which is awesome. I like well, those. well, let's go. Let's just real brief. What is it? It's uh, fifty-four to thirty-two ten. Box jumps, dumbbell snatch, goblet squat, and V up. And what are the stipulations? And you must hold the dumbbell off the ground the entire time. And one athlete must row. And every two minutes, you must switch that athlete off the rower. Um, dumbbell can obviously touch the ground in the snatch. So this means that at all points in time, one person's always rowing, and two are uh, not rowing. So we could say working, really. One will be working while one will be holding the dumbbell. Or and one will be rowing. Or if the dumbbell is being used in the movement, then the one person actually gets real rest. True. We are supplying them with the opportunity to rest. Um, now, see, I might agree with this one. This one might be a supplying someone with the rest. Uh-huh. But the last one was definitely the demand. It's kind of okay. like that open workout where you had to take three minutes of rest after you finished. You remember that one. I do remember that Because I could have put up a baller score. If I didn't have to take three minutes of rest. Could you? Yeah. I mean, but I took three minutes of rest and then I put up, like, I barely finished and I was crawling to my death and I was like, uh, uh, uh. yeah, 
I think I beat you, though, which is really all I wanted, so. Uh, I don't remember the scores on that one. That's, I mean, you probably try to forget those things, getting crushed. <laughs> or I just have other things to think about. Like what? Like how I'm going to make progress as an athlete, because that's what I'm worried about. Do you still uh, talk about how discipline equals freedom? I mean, I've never really talked about it that much. You used to be big on that, and then I, I stopped hearing about it, so I didn't know. Well, I kind of stopped doing most social media. Um, now I maybe post a couple times a month rather than on a daily or multi-time-a-week basis. So you're not disciplined anymore? Well, I don't value social media, so I don't know. I don't think that's being not disciplined. I think that's just changing my priorities. Do you feel as though you're disciplined? I believe so. Do you feel like you've been freed because of that discipline? Yeah. I'm just wondering. I'm not questioning you. I'm just wondering. That's exactly what you're doing. I mean, I'm I'm uh, supplying you with the opportunity to answer honestly on the podcast. Yeah. Well. Well. Fun. Fun thing. I, it looks like I'll be going on another podcast before too long. Joe uh, Rogan. No. Make Wads Great Again. Dude, I've never listened to that podcast. Maybe I should. Maybe you should. Is it good? I don't know. I haven't listened. Are to you it. talking about how you do Murph every day? Uh, that'll be part okay, of the Okay, well, discussion. I'm not listening to that podcast now. Well, then don't. It's not for everybody. You know, the discipline that equals freedom. Oh, please. On that note, we will see you all in the gyms.